Hey guys, Brian from The Business Machine. And today's a little different. We have the knee pain guru on the show today. And take a listen to this. It's interesting. You know, and he talks about knee pain and how his technique can get rid of knee pain. But also he talks about his journey in business. And he kind of had to learn how to create an online business because, you know, he wasn't classically trained in, in, in business, especially an online one. So take a listen. This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team, and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, The Business Machine is firing up. Yeah. I mean, they're just uh, the stupid shit that politicians come up with. Yeah, I don't. That's why it. we got to keep doing what we're doing because when the government fails, there's got to be someone there to pick up the slack. I know, I know, it's coming. <laughs> oh God, I know it's terrible. Plus, I just saw how many how many times people spend their lives on commenting on that. It's like you guys. Yeah. Oh, hey man, people get fired up. That's good. Yep. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. All right. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Business Machine, another great episode on its way. I'm Brian Town, your host and owner and CEO of Michigan Creative, and today's a little bit different, um, but we're excited because he's an entrepreneur, he's a small business owner, but he's also in the medical field and he's going to help us with our knee pain, which if you're anything like me, 43, used to play sports in high school, thought you were really good, but now your knees are starting to hurt, so I think... This is going to be a great one. I know this is going to be a great one because Bill Paravano is on our show today, and he is the knee pain guru and the best in the world at eliminating knee pain without drugs, shots, or surgery. And he has over 26 years of martial art and body work experience, understanding movement and tension patterns that lead to physical pain. Bill, the knee pain guru, how you doing, man? Good. I'm real good. I think I'm going to change my title from CEO to guru. I like that. You like that? It's yeah. Bad- well. It's a badass, man. As long as people remember you. Yeah, I guess that's all that really matters. So tell us a little bit, knee pain guru. So you're you're out at the party or you're out in the community and somebody says, hey, man, how are you? What what do you do? What do you tell them? Uh, well, I tell them I'm the best in the world at eliminating knee pain without drug shots or surgery. Now, that's not something I've heard before. And right away, and, and maybe you get this, but right away somebody may go, well, wait a minute, you know, how how is that possible? It can't be possible because they've done knee surgeries forever, um, and that's typically and they've gotten really good at it apparently or whatever. That's typically the first thing you decide to do. So how is that? Give me some just quick. I know it's pretty complicated, but how do you do that? And how have you learned how to do that in a way that actually works? Well, the, there's a big misconception from a medical perspective that just because you have surgery, the knee's going to be out of pain. That's that was like my misconception. I dislocated my left knee four times. Had huh. reconstructive shirt. Yeah, my learning curve was flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. So it's like there's this. You know, we're about the same age. So there's this mentality that it's like, oh well, I'll just go get the surgery and everything will be okay. I'll be back to normal. Well, not really. Because I got the surgery, I had the physical therapy, the doctor said, well, when the left leg is about 80% to that of the right leg, I can resume normal activities. Okay, great. Well, what they didn't say was the knee was still going to be swollen. It was still going to be stiff. My hips and my lower back would hurt like hell. My calves were going to be compensating. You know, they, they fixed the knee like it was fixed. Using quotes, they're fixed, but there was still a lot of stuff that my body didn't feel normal again. And that's what what the doctors don't say because they don't that's not their field of expertise. They're there to fix what's broken or torn. And they do a great job of it. And I'm not discrediting doctors. However, that whole saying, know your role. And that's where they overstep their bounds with trying to address the pain component with stiffness and tension and immobility in the body that they don't cover, that they don't know anything about. 
Now, would this work? So maybe somebody out there listening is going, okay, well, I've got a little bit of knee pain. I think down the road, I'm going to have to get surgery. This might be a, an option for me because I don't really do anything that serious. I'm not a pro athlete. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing martial arts. So I could probably do this, but somebody out there who's listening, who has a career in this field that, that their knee is essential to what they do. It is, it is part of what they do on a daily basis. Can this work for somebody like that, that has so much to rely on as their knees have to be great. They can't just hope it works. It has to work. Yeah, absolutely. It, and the, the thing is, is that the body has the infinite capacity to heal itself. That's what it does. That's what it defaults to is healing itself. And I know business, they talk a lot about systems theory. Buckminster Fuller, when they look at a system, you have inputs into the system and it will put, give an output. So if there's something not right with the output, you have to look at the system and start tweaking and changing what's going on in the system to, to increase production, efficiency, productivity, whatever that is. So do you think that are there things that you've also talked to people about in your, you know, when dealing with your clients and your customers, are there things that we all need to be doing? Even that, let's say that, you know, I don't really have knee pain. You know, I did tear something back in high school a long time ago and they're not as strong as they could be. But, you know, if I keep working out and stay active, they're pretty good. But are there specific things that we should all be thinking out as we get to middle age about things that we should be doing, you know, not just for our knees, but for overall health as well? Absolutely. Uh, one right off the top of the bat is hydration. And when I'm talking about specifically, it's water. Most of the people are walking around chronically dehydrated. And that's just the pain that they're feeling from that. That's part part of what they're feeling is just from being chronically dehydrated. Hmm. So increasing water in the body, I mean, we're supposed to be, we're taught in school, we're made up of 80% water. Well, as we get older and we don't drink enough water, it kind of gets like the sponge that's next to your sink. Yeah dries out and gets kind of nasty and crusty. And that's what happens in our body. And we feel that in the joints. We sit in front, we sit in front of a computer drooling at the screen all day because we <laughs> get the next email, or email out. What ends up happening is the body dehydrates just as you're sitting there. So now it takes on the shape of the chair. And you get up from that chair and your hips are going to be stiff, your lower back is going to be stiff, and that throws all of the tension down into your hips. So, you know, from just an initial standpoint, just start drinking more water. And then people make the justification, well, does Coke count? Sure. Does Diet Coke count? There's, does, water. there's water in it. There's, there's water. <laughs> Drink water. And it doesn't have to be special, f fancy French alpine water it just <laughs> just drink more water what would you like to see somebody drink if they could realistically because now here's what i'm thinking and you know i, I do a pretty good job but i'm thinking all right he's going to tell me i got to drink three gallons a day no it, it's actually a guide to go by is your body weight divided by two in ounces of water per day okay you know half your body weight in water in ounces uh, in ounces of water and start that as a baseline now, if you live in a hot climate, a dry climate, you work out a lot, you sweat a lot, obviously you're going to need to drink more. However, you know, a, a smaller person is going to need to drink less, but it gives you a guideline to go by. Another guideline to go by is when you go to the bathroom, is your urine dark? Yeah, is or, it yellow or is it clear, right? Yeah. So, you know, if it's real dark, well, then you need to drink more water. It's just, you know, just real kind of like, if, if you think about it, it makes sense. Yeah. So Bill, you didn't just wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm going to be the knee pain guru. There had yeah. to be a little more to it. And, and there had to be some, some course of study, some sort of idea that you had. And, and this is what I want to do. Give us that. What's that start story? I want to hear about that. Well, I used to compete um, for the University of Toledo, Toledo, Ohio, uh, in judo. That was my main love, throwing people. <laughs> Just love throwing people. And I competed for eight years. And in 98, I dislocated my left knee the first of four times. Uh, first time was skiing. Wow. And 
So now I just spent the past eight years of my life uh, devoted to this study of the art of judo, competing and traveling and training and lifting weights and biking and running, you know, like everything was around that. And now I couldn't do that anymore. Now I had the surgery, I had the physical therapy, I put all my energy into that. And when the doctor gave me the green light, I had this big titanium knee brace on my knee that I can wear and go back to practice. Right. Well, well, it wasn't exactly my idea of what it would look like after surgery. So I, I stopped going to judo for a while and started studying different modalities of body work, modalities of healing, out of a completely self-serving reason just to get myself back to normal so I can get out on the mat and uh, train and compete again. And, and that's really how the journey, the journey started was so I can get back to normal or, you know, quote unquote normal. Sure. Um, and it was like, you know, the, the hero's journey, so to speak, you, you start on this path thinking, Oh, I just want to get back on the mat so I can go compete again. And then you start learning things and you learn a little bit more and you little learn a little bit more and you realize, Whoa, this rabbit hole goes pretty deep. So talk to me about that moment when you were able to actually do take that. And obviously you used it to help yourself, but tell me about that moment when you're like, you know what, you know, if this worked for me, I bet I could do this for other people and talk about that. And, and what was that first time when you're like, Oh my gosh, it actually works. I mean, I know you knew it worked, but sometimes it doesn't until you can convince and until it can actually work for somebody else and they're having a great success with it and they're healthy and their knees are working great. What about that? Was that sort of like, okay, now, now I know this is what I was meant to do. If we even, if we even even say that. Yeah. Well, at the time when I blew out my knee, I owned a computer company in Louisville, Kentucky. And being that I couldn't do judo anymore, uh, like I wanted to, I was pretty miserable. So I was difficult to work with and I really didn't want to do the business anymore. So I sold it and went traveling for two and a half years where I studied around the world, different modalities of body work and healing. And, um, I thought when I got back, well, I would, I learned all this really great stuff. I just kind of put up my shingle in back in Louisville and, um, I just work on clients, you know, similar to that, like that of a massage therapist kind of setup yep. because I didn't have inventory. I didn't have employees. I didn't have accounts receivable accounts payable. You know, it was nothing. It was just me. And I thought that would be the greatest thing since sliced bread. Sure. Sounds wonderful. Well, after after eight years of doing that and realizing that my approach was really effective, that I didn't have, have return clients, I realized I needed a little bit better business strategy. Yeah, because if your clients are really, if they, if they, if it works really well, they don't need you anymore. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like my own worst enemy. That's right. Uh, in two thousand eight, I came across an online business model that was, you know, create your ebook, your video, you know, whatever it was and create that online. And then you can leverage your time, energy and effort and share it with a lot of people. So I thought that was the best thing since sliced bread. So that's been my, my journey since 2008. I was like, Oh, I could take all this knowledge and experience that I've gained over the past well, at that time, 10 years or so. And, um, I could put it online and help people online. The challenge I ran into was people in person couldn't believe I was getting the results I was getting in person. And now I translated it to an online business model. Yeah, right. That makes that sense. I, I could help people in Australia and New Zealand and Europe and South America better than the doctor and the physical therapist, they could go down to the corner and see personally. Yeah, that's hard to convince because it doesn't seem like to me that, you know, that that type of therapy and that type of service that you're providing could be done not face to face, but I guess it can be. Right. Yeah. 
So tell me a little bit, Bill, and I don't want you to give it all away, and I know it's a lot more complicated than we have today on the show, but what are some, besides just hydration, what are some things, explain it to us a little bit more about how it works and how how you take your clients from terrible knee pain to not so bad. Yeah. Well, we have to understand what the body does when it experiences pain initially. When the body experiences pain, let, let's take your injury in high school, yeah. for example. When you injured yourself in high school, your body tensed up to protect itself. Natural, normal response to an injury, an accident, whatever the trauma is, the body will tense up to protect itself. That tension squeezes on the nerves because as it tenses up, there's less space. When there's less space, the nerves are irritated, causing more pain. The more pain you feel, the more it tenses up. The more it tenses up, the more pain you feel. So it it creates this pain tension loop where essentially the body is stuck in this space that it doesn't know how to get out of. What my program comes along and does is, is creates what I refer to as pain pattern interrupts. That means you get the pressure off of the nerves which are only the width of an eyelash, they're tiny, you get the pressure off of those nerves, it creates a relief. It creates space around that nerve. When you get the pressure off of the nerve, it's comfortable. When the body is comfortable, it relaxes. I got it. When it relaxes, it gets more space. So you begin to reverse that process of the pain tension loop. And that is essentially the cornerstone of my program. You know, of course, it's like prayer or meditation. It's, it's simple. But it doesn't mean it's, it's necessarily easy because we have to overcome the, the preconceived thoughts and notions about the body that will end up putting us back into pain. So I imagine that this doesn't, you know, I know you're focusing on the knee, but I imagine this might apply to other things as well. Have that as that something that you've kind of, as a business owner, going well? Hey, if if I can get this to work, you know, and I know you're really trying to focus on the knee, which really makes sense for that vertical because knees are a huge problem, I think, and probably one of the most replaced uh, pieces on our body, I would think. But mm-hmm. have ha- have you moved into say shoulders or hips, or is that not even possible? Or is that just something you're not ready to do yet? Uh, one, it is possible. Uh, no, I'm not ready to do it yet. Yeah. It makes I'm, sense. I'm still trying to figure out this dance with the knees because <laughs> it's, it's quite a deep rabbit hole getting to the psychology of a person suffering with knee pain and identifying specific avatars in the knee pain. You know, you'd think knee pain would be a niche, but in actuality, it's friggin' huge. Hmm. Um, so you have different identifiable markets within the knee pain niche that were identifying different, um, you know, the way they think, the way they, uh, what they need to hear or see or understand. So it makes sense in their head that they feel they're being taken care of by my program. Got it. You know, and we interview a lot of athletes on this program too. And it's, it's just, it's so fascinating to me that I, you know, I, I never really thought about, I mean, professional athletes, college athletes and how, you know, everything that they are as a person is so connected to that, that athletic, their life. And then what they've done as an athlete or what they're current, kind of like with you in judo, it's just kind of what you were and who you were. And once that's gone, either taken away by, hey, they're done, or they can't do it anymore because of an injury, that's a really hard transition. Yeah, it's definitely not easy. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, Bo Eason, has done a phenomenal job in terms of that type of transition. Uh, he was uh, drafted eight in 1984, uh, first round, hmm. for the Houston Oilers. And then it, they played four years and just absolutely shredded his knee. And that's what got him out of the NFL. That's what ended his career ultimately. But he reinvented himself. And he ended up writing a, a Broadway play that's been performed over 1,200 times. Wow. You know, and you think 
an NFL football player <laughs> yeah. and a, a writing a Broadway show. Yeah, it doesn't go together. It, right. There's a total disconnect. There. <laughs> That's right. And then he reinvented himself again. So now he's teaching people how to uh, present themselves on stage to convey their story yeah. in their business, which I believe is absolutely essential and crucial. Sure. So, you know, that it's like when you you take that same energy and effort and drive that you put into what you were good at and you just redirect it into something else. So the, um, uh, the, uh, the traits and characteristics that made the person a professional or collegiate or an Olympic level athlete are the same characteristics and traits that are going to make them successful in business or any other area of their life. Yeah. And that's a tough transition. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think there should be, and I think there probably is, but that transition, there's gotta be people that can help with that. So, so tell us, Bill, a little bit, 2020, what is it, 2026, what is, what is the knee pain guru doing in 2026? Oh, there's going to be people all over the world, um, practitioners, actually, uh, rep, I will have replicated myself, that there will be people all over the world that will be, there'll be clinics where people can actually go to and uh, utilize my method for recovering from knee pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think that even with the advances in medical and surgery, do you still think there's going to be that issue of the body's not going to heal that way by doing what they're doing today? I, it's going to change. There, there is definitely, it, it's, it's apples and oranges what doctors do, even with the advances in technologies and surgeries and things like that. It's totally different, yeah. It, it, it's, it's very different. So I believe the approach of what they're doing to um, for ligament surgeries, for repairing uh, cartilage and meniscus in knees that are bone-on-bone, torn meniscus, torn ACLs and MCLs and things like that, the, the surgery will be different. However, the pain's going to be the same. Right. There's, they're still going to have this interference of the nerves. And we don't even have to look at, we don't even have to look as far as something being broken or torn in the body for it to be, um, for the body to experience pain. There's lots of people that have never had an accident, never had an injury, and they get up out of their chair and their knees hurt. Yeah, something hurts, right? So it it's even without the technology, there's still going to be people that don't understand their bodies on a deep enough level that they need help and support on how to get themselves out of pain. Got it. So let's turn the tables a little bit. And you know, we talk about machines here a lot at Michigan Creative and the business machine, but we also want to know what keeps you going and how can you, especially as a business owner and an online business owner, how do you keep your machine going and what do you do to keep you know, firing on all cylinders and make sure that, because as a solo entrepreneur, as somebody's running this, you're sometimes, you know, running your own schedule is a little bit difficult, but how do you do, what do you do to keep your, you know, keep yourself going to make sure that you're always attacking the day? <laughs> you mean when I don't screw it up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. We're going to talk about that next. So yeah. Okay. Um, I have rituals, R- rituals in the morning and in the evening that kind of get me set and on track for the day. Uh, Things that I do in the morning, invariably, well, slightly variably, (laughs) depending on on the days. But it it, uh, gives me kind of a baseline to work from. Yeah. Um, And that, I think of it like bookends to my day. And that really sets up the momentum for when I go and I'm looking at my computer and I'm talking with my team and things like that, that it's like, okay, I, I've taken care of myself. I've, um, gotten what my body needs in order to function, uh, function well each day. So well, let's go into mistakes. Cause that's one of the reasons I started this podcast is to not necessarily talk about all the great things that all the people that we talk to are doing like you, but also about the mistakes and, and obviously you're like I am. So we don't have all day here to go over mistakes, but if there were somebody if there was somebody out there listening and, and you would say, Hey man, whatever you do, you know, if you're going to start a small business or you're going to do an online business, don't do this. Yeah. What would you it's, tell them? 
it's usually I start off great in the morning and into the afternoon uh, if I don't take a nap. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big ones. And that'll really set me. Th- then it's like all downhill from there. It'll screw up the rest of my week, literally, because what'll happen is um, if I don't take a nap in the afternoon, then I get like this. Um, I'm just running on adrenaline the rest of the day. And then I don't unplug in the evening. Got it. So just keep doing stuff. And I'll, I'll have like a super productive day, let's say on Monday. And I put in like 12 hours a day, but then I'm shot for Tuesday. I can't even get my brain around what I need to focus on because I've pushed way past where it was a good place to stop. Yeah, and I think we all struggle with that, I, you know, especially as CEOs and owners and people that are running, you know, today's businesses. I think, you know, it never stops and you can never really turn it off. And I think we have a hard time, at least I do anyway, is focusing on just one thing and getting that one thing done. Because as you know, right now there's probably, I don't know, 20 things that you could be doing. But what I find is if, if I, you know, if I start to think about, oh my gosh, I've got all these things to do and I don't even know where to start. I can't, I'll kind of do some of them half-assed and some of them I won't do. And then I find I get to the end of the day and it's like, I didn't do anything, <laughs> but right. you've done stuff. So when we really focus and when I really focus on just one task at a time, I find that even if I get three done, I'm pretty happy. Right. So how do we do that? I mean, how do we, you know, cause you obviously with your online business, I mean, you could be working 24 hours a day if you really wanted to. Right. And even with, you know, even if you did shut off all devices, shut off your computer, um, you know, we're still thinking about work in some form or another. So how do you shut it off and do you, and, 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 and does it really matter? Is there a way that you can, and I, and I hate the term work-life balance because I, I don't think that really exists anymore, but there's gotta be a time when you're not, you're not working. Um, or is there, and how do you do it? Yeah. I, I think, um, Obviously, when you're napping. (laughs) Right. That's an unplug. But I I think there's there's this concept in uh, periodization and training Mm -hmm. where you do something for a period of time. And generally in in training, there's, you know, four to six weeks, you specialize in something. And then after the four to six weeks, you switch what that is. So it may be strength training for four to six weeks, and then you work on cardio for the next four to six weeks. So you change what you're doing. And I believe there's there's a, a translation for that in the business that if you work on something for a period of time in your day, And then switch over to something different. So there's specific types of energy that needs to be utilized when I'm writing, doing something creative. Like when I tap into what I know about knee pain is going to be a way different type of energy than it is for me to manage my team. Yeah. Yep. Or way different energy than it is to take care of the books. It's like a different mental mental space. So I think if I bat, I believe if I batch things by the type, I can get more done in a day. And there's I'm using utilizing different types of energy. Um, so there's that, and then there's also this component of just unplugging. And what's really good for me is I live in western north carolina and it's real easy to get into the woods around here and just be totally away from anything (laughs) like literally um where you know getting into nature and just the fascination that i have when i walk into the woods and the animals that were there and the different plants and things like that, I just completely lose myself. Yeah. There's something to be said, even, you know, taking a walk outside, you know, we've read countless successful entrepreneurs and people who've run large companies is that that's one of the things that they do is they simply get away from the environment and, and go out and be outside in nature. I mean, it's something that, you know, here we talk about it, that we need to do more, uh, you know, at our company too. So, Hey Bill, what, what do you, what gets you excited about and, and, and very excited about what you're doing? And, and there's always that moment. I was an educator for a long time and it's kind of like that light bulb and you see something happen or something 
good happens with your your clients or your your staff and what is that that goes hey man i'm in the right place at the right time and i'm doing i'm doing what i love to do what what is that take me to that moment when you see that happen well what what's really rewarding for me in my business is when i get somebody on a call and they're completely hopeless about their knees and they're just like oh man i'm just going to get arthritis and i'm going to have you know i'm a perfect candidate for a knee replacement surgery and in a week to two weeks if they follow what i say they have this this light bulb that goes off going oh <laughs> this is what you're talking about this, i get it now and i could totally see like the light at the end of the tunnel that if they continue doing this day in and day out they're going to experience their body like they haven't in you know weeks months years sometimes even decades that's what what really jazzes me and when i get that feedback it it feeds me it it feeds this part of me that's just excited about wanting to share what i'm doing you know it's like the, all the, the four knee dislocations and the surgery and and all the years of going you know what the hell am i doing it like it pays off in that moment when a client gets it cool yeah it does when they get it i love that so bill let's just try to get rid of somebody out there who's let not get rid of them but and i, I maybe you don't get this and, and i don't know but you know what i want to try to get out of here is you know, somebody out there listening going, all right, man, listen, this guy's not a PhD doctor. He didn't spend 20, 20 years in surgery working on knees. Those guys can't be wrong. And I know you're not saying that they are, And I, and, but how do you convince that guy? What do, yeah. you, what do you say to him? How, how would you just, I don't even want to say convince him. I think yeah. just, I think more of be open to listening. How about that? Um. Yeah, I, I really, I, I was going to say I don't convince anybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they convince themselves. Yeah, right. Okay, so how do you get them to even get I, to that point? Or is that the, not an issue? Well, it, I think there's this, there's this place where you you have to get it to make sense. And that's been one of my biggest challenges. Right is breaking down my message in a way that the average person could go, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that education piece is part of sales. Yeah, I get it. You know, but, but even deeper than that, there's an emotional component mm -hmm. that it needs to, what, what is it, Robert Cialdini's um, uh, influence, his book, Influence. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, there's psychological triggers that need to be engaged to get people on the other side of their their doubt, their fear, their questioning, like all of that. And I think it's been systematic in understanding how to set up systems in my business to support that process as a person that's coming through my funnel to understand, oh, well, this is where they need to hear that I've worked with professional and Olympic level athletes. Right, because if you start with that, sometimes that doesn't work, so they're not ready yet. Yeah, exactly. I got you. I got you. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If I, if they don't understand my story, yeah. like, yeah, well, he's not a PT or an MD and he doesn't have any letters after his name. He's a self-proclaimed guru. Um, you know, that may not be enough for people until they hear my story and go, oh, he dislocated his left knee four times. He went through it. Like, he's just like me. He had knee pain. And then go in. I get it. Yeah, that's really interesting that you're thinking along those lines. You know, so it's been tinkering and playing with my system and understanding, um, like even having a sales conversation with, with uh, potential clients, prospects, and putting in a follow-up sequence for two months after that, you know, going, hey, do your knee still hurt? <laughs> yeah, right. Do your, do your knee still hurt? Well, yes, they do. Because there's this mentality that it's like, oh, my knees aren't that bad. Oh, I could put it off a little bit more. But what people don't realize is that every day their knees hurt, their knees are wearing away. 
The conditions are being set up in their body and in their life that their joint is dehydrating. The joint begins to wear, the pain increases, and the, the, you're, you're going to get diagnosed with uh, degenerative changes, right. arthritis, and left long enough, it's bone on bone, and you're having a conversation with your doctor about a knee replacement surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the way that you're thinking too about, and I think that applies to a lot of, you know, when they're ready to hear that message is important and it depends on the person. Like you might be able to just get somebody interested in what you're doing when they say, okay, well, he's actually worked with, I mean, you have great testimonials on your site. Um, and you know, I think it just depends on what they need to hear when they need to hear it. And, and I think what I was most surprised about being a business owner is the sales cycle sometimes is very, very long. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's sometimes months. I mean, some of the clients that we work on relationship building is how we built our company. And some of them take a year to finally get to work with us. Yeah. I remember somebody being in an autoresponder for 280 some days. Oh my goodness. Before. And you think about that. They were in pain for 280 days before they actually move forward with something. Yeah, and that two hundred. Yeah, that that one day they're like, "All right, this is it." You know what made them do that? It must have been really bad that day or something. I've I've had people, I you know, and I'm gonna. It's like I shake my head. It's sure. like frustration that it's like, oh, I learned about you, you know, three or four years ago, and. I had a double knee replacement 18 months ago, and now I can't even stand my knee. My like, I can't even stand my body. <laughs> you want to just say, "Look, man, I told you. What, what are you doing?" But you can't say that. You can't. I mean, guess you could. I oh, I did. I had a talk. My team <laughs> team kind of reeled me back in because uh, I've yeah. I've sent emails out to my list where they're going, "Bill, you you can't say that. You can't do those things." Because I have this whole. I mean, 26 years in martial arts. We give each other, you know, we gave each other shit for forever. So it's like, I think I could say this to my, to my prospects, customers, clients. Yeah, I know. I run, it's like, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah, I've done that with my wife before. Cause I, I think my emails that are really crafty when I send them back and I'm like, Hey, can I send this to so-and-so? And she's like, yeah, absolutely not. I'm like, Oh my God, it's really, really good though. She's like, it's great. I love it, but you can't send it. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they reeled me in good. and they're like, okay, you have to come from this more compassionate and loving sure. perspective. And I'm like, okay, I Damn get it. it. Yeah. Get it. yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Let's talk about your team for a minute. And and I don't really want to focus on how you get them, but I, I want to keep them. And I don't even want to say happy. Like, I, I don't really, I mean, I care that my staff is happy, but I, I want to go deeper than that. Like, how do you make sure that your staff is as passionate about what you believe in and the, and the vision that you're building and the clients that you want to serve? And how do you make sure that that, because to me, it's hard. You know, we have 12, I have 12 employees here and I can't be up all the time and I can't be here all the time either. And I want to make sure somehow that they're as passionate about what I believe in for our company and the vision I see is, is that I am and that, that I trust them. But how do you do that? How do you, how do you keep them going and how do you keep them focused? Yeah, that, that is a great question. And there's also this place, my my professional life has been also a journey of my personal life as well. Yeah, that's you know, in, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and as I work on my personal relationships and getting to a, a, a more authentic place, coming in that place where uh, I think as we as we grow up. <laughs> and men as well, you know, we have like these layers of, uh, we kind of protect ourselves. Yeah, we do. That's funny. Cause the, I had a podcast this morning and somebody said the exact same thing as that, especially as men, you know, we, it takes a while for that stuff to come off and come down. It, yeah. So, so it's like, as I've, it usually comes with a Royal screw up. <laughs> yeah, you're like, Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you get this, um, in, in very uh, embarrassing or difficult place that just kind of breaks you down um, in terms of whatever ego or protection you were putting up. 
Uh, and so that happens personally. And then for me, it's translated through to my business because I, I can't show up in my business and it, it just changes me somehow that um, I had a mentor one time say relationships are the highest leverage for personal growth and it will also help you grow your business. Like, yeah. Yep. We talked about that today as well as that, how important that that relationship building is more than anything else that you're going to do for your business. Yeah. So how do you do that? How, how have you done that? How have you built relationships that are better? Oh man, I don't know if I could put it into words. It's like a, it's a feeling Yeah. that I, gosh, it's, if you have kids, you'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my daughter's two and a half years old. And there's this place where when she's trying to figure stuff out and she screws it up, the place that I need to show up as a father to her, you know, if I yell at her, do, do, do I think she's going to get it any faster? Yeah. I like this analogy. Yep. You know, so if I come from this place going, okay, okay, Evie, um, here's, I could see what she thought and how she screwed it up, but here I, I got to be the dad that needs to come in and, and show her, well, this is why you don't do it this way and I'm going to show you how to do it this other way. And come to the realization that the more that I can show up in my business in that same kind of space as I do with my daughter, everything else opens up around. Um, and I like thinking about that because I, I have a two and a half year old. I've got four children. My youngest is two and a half. Oldest is 23. So let's not get into that right now. But uh, yeah, you can laugh it up if you want. But that's what most people just do is they laugh. But so I've been there, man. I was there this weekend I, and I get at it. And and I like the way that you're thinking because sometimes, and I think you just talked about it too, is where, you know, you know what you want to say is like, well, why, why the hell did you get surgery? You know, and I don't want to help you now because it's too late. And that's not what you're going to say. But at that point, you have to be more positive and, and create that relationship with that person that probably, if you do that correctly, is going to be not only a customer for life, but who knows how many customers they're going to bring in after that. Right. And, and the reality of it is, uh, it, it's like everybody, everybody, nobody's exempt from this yeah. description. We're all like, we're all like little two and a half year olds running around. <laughs> like we're just in big people's bodies and everybody has fears and doubts and concerns and worries and frustrations. Everybody has them. And some people just kind of show up with a better presentation than others that they don't have those, but everybody does. Yeah, everybody does. And a, yeah. and a person with knee pain has a specific type of fears, doubts, concerns, worries, frustrations that just needs to be um, – you just need to present to them in a certain way that puts all of those to um, put some at, at comfort and at ease. And when you do that, then the business is going to take care of itself. Yeah, I like that. I like relationship building. I like what you're saying there. That makes a lot of sense. Or, Bill, give us a quote, man. Um, you said you had one from way back when. I use quotes a lot. I like them. Um, probably should read them more often, but share a quote with us. Uh, this is one I learned in high school. I was 17, and it was by Theodore Roosevelt. It said, uh, far better is it to dare mighty things, to gain great triumphs, even though checkered by defeats, than to take rank with those poor spirits that neither enjoy much nor suffer much because they choose to dwell in the eternal twilight. Yeah, I've heard that before. I, I think I shared that with some of my students before, too, because, you know, I think we're all afraid that, you know, what what if it doesn't go right? And somebody had said, you know, because I think one of the fears that we have consistently as small business owners is what if it all goes to hell? Because <laughs> <You know, what laughs> then that could be any, any given moment. We're not really sure. And, you know, somebody said, you know, and I was like, well, I guess the worst that could happen is is that, you know, 
my employees would find other great jobs because they're super talented and I would do something different. I would just, it would be hard for me to show up at events and be that guy that didn't make it in business. And, and she's like, well, yeah, but they never even tried. So, you know, what's better? You tried it for, you know, so long and they didn't even make it. So at least, you know, at least you gave it a shot. And so that was a little comforting that, you know, hey, what we're doing here is, you know, it's more than a try. We're, we're a lot further along than a try. But yeah. taking that step and, and especially for students, I think is really tough because they, you know, they're afraid to put themselves out there because if they fail, who knows what's going to happen. Right. I like that. Give me a book. Tell me a business book that we should read besides your book. Give me a oh, book that we should read. Um, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. You know, and I wanted to talk about that earlier. You talk about how do I keep focused on what needs to get done when I have so many things. And in the book, it, it talks about creating like a, basically goals and how, how do you put those goals down on, on paper and that's part of my morning ritual. I read that every morning, and that um, creates baseline for me. And these uh, goals are goals that you've set out to for that oh, week, for that day, for that month. I guess it just depends. For 90 days, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's going to be different for everything. But it generally, like, what am I going to focus on? Mm -hmm. You know, it, uh, and, and I've noticed it changes as my business changes. So I make tweaks to what I'm focusing on because I realize what I was focusing on is not the highest leverage thing. And that just, that book, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, um, was just phenomenal in terms of helping me get that clarity and, and realizing, well, this is what I need to do. So let's talk about dinner and having dinner with a business owner of your choice who would you love to have dinner with? I guess in your case, it doesn't have to be necessarily a business owner, but if you could have dinner with somebody, who would it be? It's uh, a good one. Gosh, man. Oh. Probably. Huh. Can we come back to that one? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one, man. It's a t it's a tough one. I'm waiting for someday, you know, maybe 15 years from now, somebody's gonna else is gonna be doing the show, and they're gonna say me. So when that day comes, that I'm gonna stop doing everything. I'm I'm finished. I'm dropping the mic at that point. Yeah. So, but well, that's really easy to do. So it wouldn't be that hard. I'd even buy. So, so give us the technology and some app and software because it looks like your businesses you're doing a lot online right now. What's some software, some tech that you guys can't live without? Um. Probably Active Campaign yeah. is the big one for me of uh, building automations within um, within Active Campaign that has allowed me to leverage my time, realizing that I was writing the same emails over and over. <laughs> right. <laughs> that that's not a real high leverage use. Yeah, even if you can copy and paste some of them, it's still wasting your time. Yeah, and then then that whole frustration thing. So then that um you know, that evil bill comes out and I send the, send the email to the list because I'm like, I already answered this like a thousand times. I have attention. So putting it into an automation and like really being um, uh, aware of what someone needs to hear at what point in time has taken a huge lip, um, uh, uh, weight off my shoulders. Um, and in conjunction with the uh, active campaign is Acuity which is oh, a, yeah. a scheduling program. Yep, I like that. That it, I've set up automations within Acuity as well that is really just taking a load off my shoulders so I don't need to have a, um, a VA that's scheduling people for me or anything like that. People can change their appointments. They can cancel their appointments. Um, you know, it's all like automated. So between those two, I would... I would really be in a different headspace if you were interviewing me if I didn't have those. Yeah, and we have that we use something very similar to Acuity called Schedule Once and I tell you that that saved me probably six emails between you and I. Like you know what I mean? Like I would have had to send you an email about here's three dates, no, those dates don't work, here this date. Right. And all I did was send you a link to Schedule Once and you pick 
the date that worked for you on my calendar that was open. So that, that was amazing. I, I really love scheduling apps or <laughs> go out and get one. Yeah. So before we get to the last question, what's the best way for me? I have knee pain say, or somebody out there listening has knee pain. Maybe they've had surgery. Maybe they haven't, maybe they're thinking about it. What is the best first step to learn? Cause I want to learn more about what you're doing. What do you think? Go to my website, uh, the knee pain and take the assessment. I got a quick, I don't know, four or five question assessment. It gives an idea of where you're at. And at the end of that assessment, I have an educational video that'll give you some stuff to start working on your knees, like right there and then. So within, you know, the 30 seconds it takes to fill out that, that uh, questionnaire to see where your knees are, I'm going to spit you out at a video that will be able to begin helping you. And then, you know, that's the first best step to take. The second would be schedule a time to talk with me. Yeah, it's pretty easy to do. We'll have that all linked up in the show notes. So, Bill, last question. It's a big one. What do you think and what do you hope, I guess, what do you hope that your legacy, the knee pain guru's legacy and Bill Caravano's legacy is? Oh, gosh. My legacy is that uh, pain's an illusion. Pain is an illusion. Mm-hmm. It's um, it comes from stress and tension that builds up in the nervous system, and that by the, by the time my work is done here, people will go and think about pain in such a different way that they'll know exactly what to do when they're experiencing pain. They'll have all the tools they need to eliminate the pain in their body. You heard it here, folks. Bill Paravano from the Knee Pain Guru wants to take the pain and make it all go away, and that it's just an illusion. Bill, thanks so much for being on our show. It was great, man. Um, talk to you all day. I really appreciate you coming on. You're so welcome. Again, that was Bill Paravano, the Knee Pain Guru. Check him out and check out his website at thekneepainguru.com. It's really easy to sign up for a schedule just to talk to him. Videos are all over the place, so he's doing a great job with that. So check it out. Um, We'll see what he has to offer, especially if you're sitting there right now while you're listening to this podcast and your knees are hurting. You probably should check this guy out. Well, that was Bill Paravano, the knee pain guru, giving us all kinds of tips and advice on how to fix our knees if we're in pain. Great guy. We'll have everything in the show notes. So thank you for listening. And with that, I'm Brian Town, the host of The Business Machine and owner and CEO of Michigan Creative. And remember, a great leader makes everyone around him or her better than there. See you on the next one. All right, now here's the intro. Hey guys, Brian from The Business Machine. And today's a little different. We have the knee pain guru on the show today. And take a listen to this. It's interesting. You know, he talks about knee pain and how his technique can get rid of knee pain. But also he talks about his journey in business. And he kind of had to learn how to create an online business because, you know, he wasn't classically trained in, in, in business, especially an online one. So take a listen. 